Welcome to the Culture Builders podcast channel, looking at how individual and team performance builds strong cultures. Hosted by Jane Sparrow and Chris Preston. You are listening to a deep dive episode. Hello and welcome to the Bank of Me podcast. I'm Owen Cook, member of the team here at The Culture Builders, and today I'm being joined by Diana Jupp, the CEO of Pancreatic Cancer UK. It's a charity that fights hard every day to make a big difference to anybody affected by pancreatic cancer. I won't say too much more than that right now because I'll ask Diana to do an intro shortly. What I will say is how excited I am to come and talk to Diana about leading in a not-for-profit environment, the challenges that you face, how you overcome them, the leadership lessons, all that kind of stuff, including hopefully some tips and advice towards the end too. I hope you enjoy the episode today. But first, Diana, welcome. Could you tell us a little bit about, let's start with the organisation and then we'll come to you. So tell us a bit about Pancreatic Cancer UK. So Pancreatic Cancer UK is the only uh, specialist cancer charity focusing in on pancreatic cancer here in the UK and we look at um, trying to support people and provide information and support for people who are affected by pancreatic cancer. We fund research uh, into innovative uh, new ideas into um, trying to find better treatments uh, for pancreatic cancer and we also uh, fight very hard in our campaigning side trying to improve uh, practice within the NHS and to be able to get pancreatic cancer high on the agenda uh, on the political agenda and and with other decision makers yeah it's fantastic work that you guys do here and I'm really pleased that we're working together with you um could you tell us just a bit about your journey in brief to get to the point where you're the CEO of Pancreatic Cancer UK what's your journey been to to here um I've always worked within the uh not-for-profit sector, so the voluntary sector. Um, I started off in mental health, so worked for um, the charity which is now called Rethink. Um, That's where I started off. Um, Prior to that, I had actually also done a long time volunteering with the homeless in London. And um, because I had always wanted to work in a world where I was I was making a difference rather than making a lot of money um, for somebody else who would have a great life. I was going to try to have a career where I thought I could see the difference that I would be making. So I'd purposely headed into the sort of the third sector or the not-for-profit sector. Then after working in mental health, I moved into cancer, which is I spent 19 years in the charity Breast Cancer Care. So started there when it was very small um, with around 20 people and stayed there working with the chief exec all the way and developed the charity. So by the time I left, it was 250 people, I think, and um, was the main uh, source of support and information for anyone diagnosed with breast cancer so feel very proud of what I was able to set up over those years and then mm? how many people do you remember how many people it started with when you first started there uh 26 26 up to 250 yeah Yeah. so it was a big growth um and when I started in breast cancer it was very much a taboo subject it wasn't didn't have the coverage that you now have um and uh, so our work was to really raise the profile raise the awareness and raise funds to provide the services so um so it was a good success story there's still more work to do in 
breast cancer, but certainly it's very different now for women being diagnosed and men being diagnosed with breast cancer than it would have been back in the late 90s. Um, and then um, I moved, I did a very short stint at a blood cancer charity and uh, I went there as the director of to set up their services and support for uh, people affected by blood cancer and, and then was suddenly um, asked to step into the position of the interim chief exec. So that's when I started broadening my sort of work from being focused on the sort of the mission or the impact side of the work that we do to actually being a chief exec and then from there I came here. Right okay and how long have you been in Pancreatic Cancer UK now? Um, just over two years and um, it's been a fast and furious two years, been fantastic. More fast and furious than your previous experience by the sounds of things? I think so, I think very similar to the very beginnings of breast cancer where uh, a lot needed to be happening but we're there's so much to do in pancreatic cancer. It's such a hard and difficult cancer that, um, yeah, it's moving fast for us. Yeah, of course. So let's get into the meat and bones of it then. As a leader in the not-for-profit sector, um, what are some of the, the big kind of challenges or the big ticket items that you faced in your time as, as a leader of people? I think our first uh, largest challenge really is that we want to do it all. The world of cancer in particular, everything needs changing, everything needs doing, and there's a real and urgent need, particularly in pancreatic cancer, which means that it becomes quite difficult for people to say no or to work out where our focus needs to be, what our priority is, what will make the biggest difference, because everything needs changing. So helping and leading and working with the team on what our prioritization needs to be is is in a way more challenging because nobody wants to let go of doing a particular service. Yeah, I can imagine uh, that everybody in the team might have differences of opinion about the biggest impact pieces of your work and and what's going to have the biggest impact on the people you're trying to serve. Yeah, absolutely. If you talk to the nurses, they'll be talking on a day-to-day basis of what would help a patient being diagnosed today. If you talk to the researchers, they're going to be wanting funding for the long term. Actually, what do we do that's going to find the cure or find a way to diagnose pancreatic cancer quickly? So everyone has their idea and all of it does need to be done so it's working with everybody to say where do we as pancreatic cancer uk make the biggest difference and where do we you know what are we going to put our money on and i'm guessing how do you advance all of those agendas because they're all part of your purpose that you described at the start so you can't let one of them go in favor of just kind of backing one horse i suppose yeah exactly no we and we do we we what we say is we are taking on pancreatic cancer across all fronts But there are ways to make sure, in a sense, that there is themes running across each part of our sort of our pillars of work that we work under. So um, so there is it's more about joined up working across the organisation to make those advances faster and um, better. And I'm imagining that that takes some effort on behalf of both yourself and your team and kind of them all looking for opportunities to do that joined up working well and to support each other. Yeah, it's complicated. So we do a lot of integrated planning, integrated campaigning, um, because alongside all of that, obviously, it's all about bringing in the funds as well to fund the work that we need to do um, and and how we communicate it to get people engaged with the work that we're doing to support the work. And um, 
so yes, it's a it's a complex beast when you're running a, a you know a nonprofit organisation. So you mentioned there that you've got these different work streams. You're trying to figure out where to put your money. Um, you know, every business, every organisation needs money. It needs funds, and it needs to decide how to use them. What what's the kind of big challenges around that for you as a nonprofit? I think one of the largest challenges we have is because we are nonprofit. Every penny we spend has to be justified. Um, we report back to our donors. We're very public about where we spend our money and, how, and where we're investing it. Therefore, trying to justify and, and to show that we're investing it in our people um, and to create a good organisation to work in is actually quite hard. So we have to be able to really manage that carefully and and ensure that what we do to support our team to grow and to learn and move forward um, really has a benefit on the organization so we're doing this piece of work um, with yourselves as a CSR and um, and that was really we thought that through carefully about actually starting with our wider leadership team who each head up each of the departments that work that we have here to really invest in them to have some time to look after the, each other because it's very easy for our staff to burn out. So the Bank of Me work that we're doing with you is is essential to support them in supporting themselves and leading their team in a very much more holistic way. Very kind of you, thank you. So the Bank of Me piece, yeah, that's one and, and obviously we're really keen on that, that's our work. But what, what's your thinking around the, the longer term? Because obviously this is a a CSR piece of Bank Me work we're doing with you, which is fantastic, and we're happy to. Thank you. But what, what's the kind of longer-term vision then? Because I'm guessing not everything can come CSR, or maybe it's uh, there's a different focus. What are your thoughts on that? I think we are quite a young organisation. We're still quite small, um, and so it's looking. F- we're currently doing our five-year strategy, our next five-year strategy. So it's looking at what capabilities and what ways we want to be working that will help us deliver a better um, future for pancreatic cancer. So part of that is looking at actually investing in the people and the culture here, um, particularly in some of the some of the basic uh, line management training, uh, difficult conversations training, um, that, that support people in their job in the everyday. And then I think in the longer term, we're open to be much more... Um, sort of looking to preserve our culture I'd say one of the other challenges that we have and I think I've seen it in the past is that um, all charities say that we have these fantastic cultures um, and we do and here is an, an amazing place to work it feels like a family everyone's very passionate and committed and it's full of lots of fun despite it being a subject that might not be that fun um, but preserving that culture and looking after that culture as we grow is is going to be an issue um, or something that we need to keep our, our eye on. So being very intentional about what our culture is and how we like to work, what our values are and how our behaviours are reflected in that. It's gonna, um, I want to make sure that we do some proper work about that as we go forward and as we grow. So you're thinking about the future of Pancreatic Cancer UK and how it might grow and and how you bring on more people and how you increase your influence, but without risking your culture. Earlier, you mentioned going from 26 people up to 250. Was there anything that you think worked well from that experience that you are kind of holding on to in the back of your head for for this one for this time? Yeah, I think one of the things I really learned was through that growth was being 
not being a distant leader. I think the chief exec that I work very closely with there um, and myself and, uh, and actually the director or head of um, HR, as it was called then, really held on tightly to what our culture was. Um, we weren't, we hadn't really defined it, but we made sure that we were part of the staff and we role modeled the way that we wanted to work. Um, we had, we encouraged people to feed in to what we were doing and how, and how that felt and lots of feedback. We did all the normal staff surveys and staff away days and fun events, lots of social events. So yeah, it's about being much more grounded it's very easy to be grounded in a non-profit organization purpose-driven organization of this size but making sure that we continue with that okay i'm curious earlier on you you mentioned kind of it's easy for your people to burn out and mm. you've just mentioned kind of purpose and passion and the drive that gets can you talk a little bit about that for us as well yeah i think that's one of our biggest risks particularly here at pancreatic cancer uk actually more than elsewhere i've worked um in that because everything needs changing and people struggle saying no to anything um, and we are speaking on a daily basis with people who have uh, just been diagnosed or just lost someone to pancreatic cancer because it is a very fast and cruel disease um, it's quite distressing um, and so m I would say the majority of people here are as you would say in your work investors they are completely sold on what we're here for and they're driven by it um, and so our biggest risk is that is burnout to our staff not no one is asking people to work extra long hours everybody puts it all in here people volunteer at weekends on the, our events and cheering and running things so it's a sort of seven day week often for a lot of people um, not always working but volunteering so there is that is our thing that we're going to have to consider going forward, how we look after our staff. Not the kind of thing you can easily leave in the office as well, I'm imagining, with some of the conversations and some of the work you're doing, the campaigns you're running, things like that. I, I imagine it's something that kind of it's a 24-7 job because everything sticks with you. Yeah, definitely. I think recently, you know, people... You, you have a social media site, you know, that's all changed running organisations. And so... We're all on Twitter, we're on, we have a Facebook page, we have Instagram page, we're communicating in multiple different ways. And people will be in contact because you might have met them at an event two months ago and then they will send a message to say that their wife has just died and you're in that conversation on a Sunday afternoon with someone because, um, well, you need to be. Um, so it brings it home to you every day what you're, what you're working for. Which, um, you know, I, I've worked in the charity sector myself before and I know these things kind of you carry them with you all the time. Um, I know it brings that thing that everybody assumes you get from not-for-profit working of it feeling rewarding, which it does, but it can be draining as well when it's that sort of length of time. Is there, is there anything that you personally try and do that, that helps you not necessarily to switch off or to tune that world out, but to, to recover, to regenerate when you're not here and you're not fully switched on to it? Hmm, that's a really good question. I think um, I've spe been speaking to a couple of other chief execs of the in the cancer sector, um, and everybody I know uh, does some form of sport and exercise is really key for me. I cycle into work and cycle home from work, and I know that if I don't do that, I 
have not less effective days, but I'm less, I'm, I'm a bit too much into all of the work. Cycling home is brilliant. It's a break um, from work to home. So that's very important for me. It sort of is space and energy at the same time. I, uh, I work from home an awful lot and uh, I find that what I miss is actually a commute, which I know that there are going to be people at home screaming at their mobile phone or whatever they're listening to this podcast on saying, what do you mean you miss having a commute? But I, I don't mean an hour long commute or a two hour commute. I mean, just that kind of 20 minutes or half an hour or whatever it is that gives you transition time between yeah. home and work. And, and hearing you say that about the cycling, I can totally get it. Let's think about trying to, to close down then to some, some maybe some advice or some guidance for people who are listening just now. I'm going to put you on the spot. Have you got kind of two or three top tips, things that you think people should think about when they are working with people in maybe high-purpose environments? So not not just the charitable sector or the third third sector, but an environment where people have really tuned into to purpose. Have you got any top tips for us? I think the burnout is the issue. So looking out for that, putting things in place to uh, prevent that, encourage and to role model good practice. So um, I try very hard. I make sure I don't do all the out of hours emails. I don't answer things at the weekend, even if I am actually doing some kind of work. I make sure that nobody knows that. I do believe that wherever you are, whether it's for profit or not for profit, what makes a good organisation is happy people. And fundamentally, that's all I really believe in. Um, so happy people make a great organisation. You're happy at work, you do and you deliver great things. So um, that's why I feel I can justify investing in the people and the way that we work, because I greatly believe that they, we will become more effective and efficient. So I think those are my two big things. It's people is, is my tips. And um, lastly, I'd like to close with a question, which is just, what's the best piece of leadership advice you've ever been given? I've had this actually said to me a couple of times within a week just recently. So I was told to remember as a chief exec to remember how long your shadow is, which for me really struck a chord because I am this, my style of management is open and I speak as I think some of the times and with great enthusiasm and to remember that some people particularly newer staff members who might not know my style will envisage that that's a a directive or they've thought this is that needs to happen and I have set things a running without meaning to or I have made a comment about something that I didn't think meant anything but actually people have heard it and feel something about it so for me that was quite a learning quite recently I'm hoping my personality means that they actually get to learn that I'm not like that but yeah it's funny you, you didn't say the words but I remember talking to you a little while ago and you were talking about being intentional being a big theme for you at the moment and of course what you just said there is about being intentional about your words yes absolutely being intentional and genuine. So I think balancing integri integrity with intentionalness, however you might say it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I have no idea. We'll leave it there. Thank you so much for today. Really appreciate it. Okay. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Continue the journey at www 
culturebuilders.com.